Hi, and welcome to episode one of the Running Out of Space podcast, a show about collectors, their collections, and how they make room for it all in their lives. I'm Adam Grabarnik, and I've been a collector since I was a child. It began with stickers, which led to comics, which led to toys, sneakers, posters, pins, wine, and on and on and on. Taking a wide-angle view of my passion for obsessive ownership, I've come to see how my collections have become intertwined with my personality and sense of identity. Speaking with other collectors on the internet and in real life, I've come to see that I'm not alone. The Running Out of Space podcast is a celebration of the spirit that unites all collectors. Because it doesn't matter if you collect paintings, watches, stamps, cars, guitars, or Barbie dolls, there is a common component within the collector themselves that transcends the object collected. Though the trophies may be different, the hunters are more similar than they know. My first guest is Michael Bortnick, who is at the forefront of the streetwear reemergence of the 2000s, co-founding the brand Mishka NYC. He's gone on to launch a new streetwear brand, Psychic Hearts, and also works as an associate director of strategy at Complex Media. Today, I'm gonna to be talking with him about his collection of vintage comic book t-shirts. So here he is, Michael Bortnick. When did you like kind of start collecting things, whether or not it was an apparent choice? Oh, like in elementary school. And what do you remember what it was? Action figures and comic books and, and then trading cards as well. Uh, do you still collect any of those things? Not actively, you know, it depends on if I see something and I want to pick it up. I'm, I tend to move out of collecting things when it doesn't become fun anymore. When, you know, it turns into a whole thing where like uh, people get into it for the wrong reasons. It becomes more difficult to keep up with it. Like I generally collect things for the passion of it, like kind of exciting me. I don't, I'm not collecting something because I want a bunch of people. Uh, it could be because I, I want to feel part of a large group. I'm collecting it because I have a personal attachment to whatever it is. So when did you get into your t-shirts? Comic book t-shirts, right? Yeah, so, I mean, I first got into them probably around the time of either sixth grade or seventh grade, because that's when I got my first one, and when uh, my local shop, I think, had them on the wall, and it was like a McFarlane Spider-Man one, and because at that point, I'd never, the only comic book shirts I saw were like for when I was a little kid, and they were kind of the iron-on ones or the cartoon ones. Uh -huh. so, so I, I like I wanted I wanted these these shirts so badly. I, I think I even wore it to like the first day of junior high or something along those lines. I remember those iron on ones. You'd get them at like um, like for me in Florida, it was like Zare or I guess like one of those department stores mm -hmm. where you, you pointed out on the wall. Right. There were definitely Star Wars ones like that. I feel uh -huh. like Kids or Us probably would cycle them in 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 in, in and out at times, too. You're so you're you're talking about the ones that once you, you got like to direct market, like the direct market, the direct comic market T-shirts from like what graffiti was that the company or was it pre? No, that? Graffiti, no like graffiti is the company. I mean, graffiti did DC and indie comics around that time. Uh, I, I didn't know who these companies were that were making these shirts when I was a kid. I mean, I know now that those shirts were made by either Talking Tops yeah. or Comic Images. Uh -huh. um, but at the time, I you know they were just like, oh cool, there's a. Todd McFarlane Spider-Man team. A lot of them had like, what is that process where it's like the dots, where the, the, the it's like early comics where it's like the dots. I mean, the dots in comics, I think were, bent, I forget what it's called, uh, but you know, in, in, in screen printing, that would be half toning it. Yeah, so like, I, my, I remember having like Punisher ones and I even had one, cause I remember this, like, I remember when the shirts started coming out, they would be on the wall. And um, a lot of the times, well, 
I guess early on, like it wasn't licensed. Like I remember having a pretty unlicensed looking Punisher one, like the skull, but it wasn't the one that like came from the comics. But then I remember there would be just like random panels printed on some of these shirts where it's like, it kind of doesn't those, belong on a shirt, you know? Those really, yeah, those are the early ones. And I don't remember if those are actually made by Comic Images or Talking Tops because it didn't say their name. It just yeah. said, you know, copyright Marvel or whatever. Those were all printed on screen stars. They're next to impossible to fit into if you're a normal-sized human being in 2020, 21. Um, I think I think it was made by one of the companies that 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 are the ones that I, that I'm talking about, just because it just seems like it, it lines up. But they definitely didn't put their own name on it; they were just kind of selling it there. But I know what you mean. They had really random uh, panels that they would show you. Like, why would you pick this? This is the strangest thing. Yeah. Um, and then they would. What you're talking about is some of them did have the bende colored process on it, where you could kind of see the the, the dots. And I know which Punisher shirt you're talking about. It had, I think it had his old logo from like, I don't actually even remember if it was Zach who reshaped it, but you know, not the one that we remember from when we were collecting in the late eighties and, and early nineties. Right. Right. So how much do those go for now? Have you seen like those shirts on eBay? You mentioned that they, like no one can fit in them anymore, but are there collectors that keep those in uh, yeah, regard? I, mean, I mean, those don't, don't go for that much. I think, I mean, they used to go for nothing. I mean, now I think, if I had to guess, they probably they probably get, depending on what it is, they probably uh, can get anywhere between seventy to two hundred bucks, depending on, on what it is. It would definitely, most definitely, have to be at least an XL because that's you know that's kind of like a smaller large. In today, um, that said, there are double XLs of those which fit kind of like more modern large XLs that that do exist. Um, again, I don't think that those go for as much because they're not as in demand uh, with the imagery on them as the comic images and, and talking top shirts. Um, but those probably would probably fetch in the lower hundreds and things like that. Uh, if, if one of them happens to turn up, they don't turn up all that often because I doubt back in the late 80, mid to late 80s, they were printing a lot of double XLs. Right. And it'd probably be hard to find one that's dead stock. And, e and even if you could, if it wasn't dead stock, uh without fruit punch stains i have i have one and i know of i think two other people that have uh double xls of ones that i've always been like oh I'd, I'd like to trade or buy for those and why uh screen stars like what's the thing that people love about that is Nobody it nostalgia or is it the fit is it the fabric i don't think anybody loves screen stars <laughs> like they don't fit that well i mean that uh, contemporary fit those are just those shirts later screen stars fit better um they are they are a nice cotton shirt, like the way they age and fade because uh, they're 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 like a cotton poly mix, so they they do feel nice. They're very thin and kind of get a good wear and I guess patina if you can use that for a shirt. But um, they don't they don't the the, the original ones from the eighties. They don't you can't fit into them unless you're like real thin. I bet there's some dedicated people out there that like really want it and they squeeze into those. Like because there's probably some super skinny dudes or even even they women. There are, I mean, I see people, I see collectors all the time that I'm like, you could probably fit into a screen stars Excel, but it's not just the fit, they're, they're shorter, you know? So it's like, if you're tall and you're, or even just kind of average height, they're, they're shorter shirts. And like, yeah, some people like to wear a shirt that goes right above like where their, their pants stop, but I don't, it just, it just, it makes you look weird or boxy depending on what your, your frame is. What are the more 
sought after designs these days? What are, what were the ones that were mass produced? What are kind of the grails of, of oh, comic tees? I don't think I could answer that. I don't know what was mass produced. I don't actually, nobody actually really knows what's out there. And I think the thing, and grail isn't a, you know, right now grail just means you've, no one has, no one who's collecting has ever seen this shirt become available before. Huh. So that's, that, that's what becomes a grail. As soon as something, as soon as, uh, you see something become available, like the next time it comes available, it becomes a little bit less desirable because someone has finally seen it. So for example, uh, a few months back, uh, a Dr. Strange shirt that Joe Maduera drew probably in the, towards the, the end of comic images license it was probably a 1998 shirt or 97. Um, cool, really cool image. I think, the, I think the person who, who bought it paid like $5,000 for it, which is no, really, yeah. Um, because no one had had seen, it, it had never been available before. You don't tend to see that many Dr. Strange shirts. Um, you don't tend to see that many Joe Maggiore shirts. Not that I think the people who are collecting it know who the artists are and why they're collecting it. They're more collecting it yeah, based on who the character is and how, and if they've seen the shirt before. Um, but but yeah, that that's the most recent one that I could point to. But there, you commonly not commonly, I shouldn't say that. But you know, I I, I kind of got out of it when you can't purchase a thing that you want because it's going to cost you anywhere from a thousand to two thousand dollars. I'm not paying a thousand to two thousand dollars for a T-shirt. So at this point, if I want something, I'd have to trade for it. What's the most that you'll pay or have paid for it? I think a few hundred and I think that that's when I just that's when I kind of was like I'm done I'm not I, I, I I'm not paying this much for a shirt and like and in those cases it has to be something I absolutely wanted or, or uh, desired for a really long time but it's been a it's been a long time since I paid for a shirt I've I've, I've amassed enough prior to it kind of blowing up that I could like use shirts that I had as currency even if it meant trading two or three for one to get something that I wanted in particular. Tell me when you first started collecting. Probably in the early aughts, uh, like officially collecting, like, uh, I don't know, anywhere between 03 and 05. What kicked up your desire for those? I mean, you, you were heavily involved in streetwear. You had your own company, Mishka NYC at the time. So was it just like a, a, you were just bored with streetwear and you wanted to get into no. vintage? No, no. I mean, I just started streetwear, so I was definitely bored with it. And I was just kicking off. No, uh, I think we were at a comic book convention. I think we're like the New York Comic Con with the one that happened at Penn Station before I think they before they brought over the New York uh, a comic convention. Um, and there was just a dealer who had a fucking box full of dead stock shirts that he wanted like a couple bucks for per shirt. And they were awesome. And we just grabbed all of them. There was probably, I don't, I don't want to overstate it. I, I feel like there were definitely at least 20 shirts in there, but it might've been as many as 30. Wow. Do you remember which ones there were? Yeah. And we like divvied them up. I'm wearing one of the ones that, that we got from that. And it's like, it's like all, it, it's like, I used to wear it to the gym. It got, it's, it's also faded, you know, broken apart and faded. Um, but I, I think the ones that I took from it that I remember was the a, like a John Romita Jr. Bishop one. There was a Liefeld Cable one. There was a uh, McFarlane uh, Hulk one, which was a screen stars, which never fit right. Um, uh -huh. I remember 
uh, Greg, I think, took one or two uh, of the mega prints, which were the first things that were really in demand when people started collecting them recently. They're the, the all over print shirts. Yes. Um, I never, which I never liked and I never collected just because I always, I, I think they look cool like as a thing, but like I could never wear them. I always felt like a little bit like a toddler in one of those. Those are very hard to pull off. I, I, some people could pull them off. They're just, I, I'm not, I'm not those people. Yeah. Have you sold any of those that you got at the time? I had one mega print shirt and I don't remember if I got it at that time or, or shortly after it was a cool Hulk one. It was a key one. And it was, it was a wearable one. I would occasionally wear it where um, most of the print was just kind of like crackle. And then it just had Hulk with his logo and him on it uh -huh. front and back. I eventually traded it for a, uh, I think I traded it and another Morbius shirt, a black Morbius shirt for this uh, one in particular that I'd never seen before that I very much wanted. I think it was the uh, the cover of the first Morbius solo issue from the 90s uh -huh. that, that I just absolutely, it was like one of my favorite covers and it's a sick image. Why comic book t-shirts? I mean, I've been into comic books my whole life. Uh, or not my whole life, most of my life, or at least since I could read. Um, and again, also into fashion and streetwear. This is like, this is the, the combination of both worlds uh, put together and Again, why? Because when I was when I first first discovering it, nobody cared about this stuff. You could find these shirts for a few bucks on eBay. You could still probably find them at comic book shops and like the back corners being getting all dusty. And it was just like a cool thing. And you could you it was a way for you to wear them to wear your passion out outdoors and not uh, with you know without having the comic book. And I, at that point, I wasn't collecting comics anymore. It, it had been a long while. And I think at various points, I probably wasn't even reading it, reading comics, because I would go through periods where I, I kept up with it and then I didn't. Would you wear ones that didn't necessarily have characters that you read about? Yeah, because I collected not based on the ca character. I collected based on who the art artist was or like what, what it looked like. I mean, and I truthfully, I, I you know, I, I read comics on and off but in a steady clip for most of my life so none of these characters were like i didn't know who they were but i mainly collected for like who the artist was that drew them yeah i i imagine there might be more of a desire for the artist than there I is for what's the shirt right no i mean maybe in the way me and you think about it because of like the time that we came from but you got to imagine some of the people who are collecting it now they're i don't uh, you know they're either uh or young millennials or early Gen Zers, like for them, you know, their first brush with the Marvel universe is through the movies, uh -huh. which are detached from the artists. So this is them, this is nostalgia for a time that either when they were really small kids or they weren't even alive yet, and they're mostly drawn to the characters. They don't, I don't think a lot of them know, know or cared who the artists were when they first got into it. I'm, sh I'm sure as with everything, as they as their passion grew for it, they would start researching and getting getting into the artists and, and learning about them. But I don't think that was, they they cared about or what drew them to the characters. It wasn't yeah. the artists. Yeah, you're seeing more and more people where they're into the MCU, but they don't read the comics. I saw, I was at Starbucks the other day and there was this nice young lady and she was wearing a Marvel Comics face mask and she and we got into conversation and I asked if she read comics and she kind of shied away from that. But you see that more and more people that are just into the movies and it's totally cool. Like whatever gets you into it in, into that universe is cool if you ask me. Um, so I get that. And I understand what you're saying about 
a nostalgia for a time that either they didn't really experience or maybe it's from their older siblings or even their parents. Right. It's, it's no different than when we were in the 90s and like if we wanted to get a Joy Division or a Bauhaus shirt, we, we never saw these bands. We, we, we yeah. barely, you know, they were just kind of cool bands from a period in time that we didn't experience that clearly had an impact on the time that we're living through now through the music that we're not living through now, living through then through the music that we were into and, and we were drawn to them, but we didn't actually have any firsthand experience with a lot of those bands. Totally. And it's like, even, even a sidestep of that with the eighties, it was like fifties worship. So you saw like a lot of Elvis stuff or like James Dean stuff or Marilyn stuff like on t-shirts and I, like people yeah, totally wore that stuff. You saw that in the nineties too. Yeah. You mentioned you trade and you mentioned, I don't know in this conversation, but you've told me that you've, sold stuff on eBay before. I even think that I've sent you a link before of a shirt that I saw yeah, yeah. and you said, that's I'm, I'm the seller of that shirt, right? Yeah, you have, you, I, I have, I occasionally put stuff on eBay. It's not like a, it depends on when I want, need to clean or want to clean out my closet where I just kind of look through stuff and I'm like, really haven't worn this in a while. I don't think I'm going to, it either doesn't fit right or for whatever reason, let me just get rid of it. Cause I think it probably, you know, either I just want to get rid of it or I, I know that like I can probably get a good market value for it right now at this point in time. Um, I, I, I got, I, I moved a bunch of shirts, I think of about a month or so back, maybe like 10 to 15 uh, comic book shirts, but, but mostly if I'm trading stuff or, or doing that, I do it via, via Instagram, via like the small community that exists. Yeah. Let's get into that. Who, who's in this small community? it's mostly people that were that are into vintage who decided that, that like this is going to be their particular niche or, or lane in vintage and like i respect that i you know as people get into stuff they want to like hone in on one particular thing and there's some people in this who are into who not only just hone in on comic book tees they, they may hone in on one character in particular that they're hunting out is there I, a hot I, character i think it just depends on who who the person is i definitely it's funny that you say the hot character thing is like I've definitely seen a bunch of cool Wolverine shirts come up and they're not that desirable because to them Wolverine is such a common character for stuff but yeah I've, I've I've never seen certain ones of these and to me you know growing up in the 80s and 90s Wolverine is everything and like everything. Some of these, like Silvestri Jim Lee Wolverines and things like that so I'm like naturally drawn to them and you can get you know they're, they're not as in demand because Wolverine is viewed as a much more common character than say Doctor Strange but yes. to me like I don't read Doctor Strange I never had this personal attachment to, to Doctor Strange what is it like dealing what is it like dealing with the community I think for the most part they're they're good people they're, they're good now you think that the core community is is are, are good kids uh, kids i think some of them a few of them are probably around my age but um you know i think they're they're into it because they got into it through vintage clothing um they unfortunately by getting into it they drove up the price for something that i you know at a point in time i think maybe going back to 2000 and gosh let's see anywhere probably in 2015 you could probably still get these shirts sometimes dead stock for anywhere between ten to thirty dollars a shirt, uh -huh. Uh -huh. Um, and then it slowly started. Uh, I think one 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 vendor in particular, um, Wax and Threads, who's a, who's a great vintage vendor, he bought out uh, another 
overseas vendor who had a bunch of dead stock shirts who I know because I, I would actually sometimes buy from this vendor and like, you know, see him sell the shirts. So he took a calculated risk and gamble and he bought this guy. He bought out this guy's entire inventory. And I think he had him actually hunt out more stuff that he didn't have listed for sale and he brought it to the U S and um, I distinctly remember this is when everything changed is once he got a hold of that inventory uh, these shirts, which at that point in time, I think from this vendor, if you were getting them, you can get them for between 30 to $40 plus shipping. Um, once he brought them in the U S you know, he doubled the price to 80 bucks, yeah, which yeah. today would, would be incredible, especially looking back at, I remember what he had uh -huh. for sale. Um, but I remember at the time, at the time he did it, it was like, Oh my God, this is outrageous. How could you be charging $80 for these shirts? This is like, you've lost your mind. Like, you know, like this and the other, but he, you know, he was a, He's a longtime vintage uh, dealer and he was uh -huh. taking a calculated risk being like, Hey, this guy has a bunch of these. I have a feeling that these are going to appreciate in value. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't think he ever thought realized how much they would appreciate in value in the short time. So he, he, uh, you know, he brought them over for, I think he was charging anywhere between 79 99 to a hundred for a, a handful of them. Were they all Marvel or were they more like the, some of the dark horse stuff? Was it just like- They were mostly Mar They were mostly Marvel. There might've been some other ones kind of peppered in there, but they're definitely mostly Marvel. Uh -huh. And he had he had a bunch of mega, mega print shirts and you know he had them up for a while at like probably a good year where they were this price. And then uh -huh. what inevitably happened is other vintage dealers started picking off from him and sitting on them. And then of course, uh -huh. you know, Things that things that you know were suddenly thirty dollars that now we're edging closer to a hundred dollars. These guys, you know, once they picked off from him and they started amassing their own collections and then getting them from other sources wherever they were getting them, uh, they would, you know, they would then double the price. And this is like then when you started seeing these shirts go from thirty to seventy five dollars to one hundred and fifty to two hundred dollars and 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 so forth. And you know, more people started taking interest in them. I think partially because they started trading for for more and more money, but also just because the MCU started getting more popular and more, you know, more people's heads. So people were looking for like, oh, what's cool stuff that I can kind of al align or attach myself with in the vintage community that's around this. And they would, you know, fall into this uh, uh Top, not top, but category. You think it's here to stay, or you think it's it's a fad, or what are you talking about? Vintage clothing, or, or no? Th this particular niche of comic book T-shirts. I don't think that it's conceivable that they'll that they'll stay that they'll stay at these prices. What do you think has driven them up? One, it's flossing to being able to say that you own something that nobody else has seen and knowing that there's some clout that goes with it. I think that's a big factor. Um, coupled with, you know, when you see something that you've never seen before, so you uh, you apply this false sense of, uh, of value to what it may be worth. And, you know, that, that helps drive the price up. There's also a sense of... Um, cool cachet that's gone into, into these shirts now. I, you know, I'm pretty sure ASAP Rocky has worn one in some press photo or, or at least some paparazzi shot and maybe Drake or, or Bad Bunny or, or anybody of those uh, that higher echelon. So they, there becomes an increased value in, into this because now it's a cool guy brand. Mm -hmm. Even though it's not a brand, it's a thing. But right. I remember there was a point in 2019, I think it was this, the fall of 2019, I tracked down this guy Alan, who who used to who, who ran Comic Images. Mm -hmm. Oh wow! Uh, I tracked him down on LinkedIn, and I was just like, "Hey, 
I know this sounds like a random question. Do you happen to know if you got like, an, do you have like a, a box or an old storage unit that you got sitting with these old shirts? Very crafty of you. He was like, no, I don't, I don't have anything left over from the, from the runs or anything like that. Um, but we, you know, we start, we, we got to talking and got friendly and like, you know, there was a point in time where we were, I was like, Hey, you know, he saw my background and he's like, he saw, and I was like, yeah, you know, the prices of these are skyrocketing. And we got to talking about like, well, let's resurrect these. And I mean, I'm sure I can get someone like urban outfitters interested in, in, in carrying the lines. And he's like, yeah, let me reach back out and see if I can get the, you know, my contacts at Marvel with licensing to see if they'll give it back to me, especially for just retroing older, older stuff. And I was like, yeah, let's look into it. We ran into a few problems. It's like, I think at that point, I, I really wanted to do it with the mega prints because those are super popular. Mm -hmm. And, and uh, more, you know, more of a thing to do. Uh, the, the problem was, is that at that point in time, all over print t-shirts were not that popular. So no printer had belt, belt printers uh, or was really able to handle doing all over print mm -hmm. shirts uh, anymore or the ones that work went out of business. So tracking down a printer who could do that became, uh, became a problem. Um, and then kind of as we were researching it and doing it, I got a, I got my current job at Complex, which complicated my ability to kind of devote time to doing this, to researching it. And then, of course, the 2020 pandemic happened, which I was kind of like, well, I'm glad I didn't go full steam in investing into this, because if we did with Urban Outfitters, they could have at any point been like, no, nah, we're not taking them. Prices must have gone up during the pandemic, huh? Have you, have you seen yeah, a yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's when I saw the $5,000 t-shirt. I think at that point during the, the start of the pandemic, you know, it wasn't that uncommon that you would see something trading for $750 to $1,000, but then to see stuff go to, to $1,500, $2,500, suddenly um, $5,000, like, you know, that was just crazy. I guess a broader thing that this is making me think about is, you know, people say with t-shirts, they don't really think that it's a collection, but because you wear them all the time, but... Mm -hmm. It's a real thing like pe more people than they think might be even even they might be collecting t-shirts and not even know it like you know the souvenir t-shirts stuff from concerts why do you think the t-shirt is such a desirable or popular type of collectible i think it's because it's a it's an immediate uh signifier of what you're into even though obviously it doesn't necessarily mean anything because anybody could wear a t-shirt but i think to some people that's that's what it means you can you can announce your passions to the rest of the world and i don't know i don't know how it works for us you know someone who's you know a teenager now or, or in their 20s but like when we were growing up if you wore a particular band t-shirt you were announcing to other like-minded people hey i'm into this that probably means that we share common interests. I don't know if that's really true anymore because I don't know. I don't think of. I don't think kids these days are, are look look to music as like a, a symbol of what what their identity is. The way that we may may have. I, I think a lot of a lot of kids these days look to their, uh, you know, how how they see what their gender is as more of a symbol of what their who their identity is than what band they're into. Yeah. And what, what do you think it is about illustration, specifically like people on t-shirts? Forget like comic books, even like with bands or just streetwear or just any t-shirt, it's, it's either like a skull or like a person or like a drawing of a person. Why do you think people like to wear people on their t-shirts? 
I, I, I couldn't answer that. Have you ever thought about that? I mean, you made no. t-shirts yourself. I, I mean, it's just it's just the graphic medium. I think people are drawn to a figure on a shirt, whether it's human yeah. or, or, or a comic book character. There's just, just so many times where I've like looked at a shirt and I'm like, oh, I love that. And then I kind of pulled back a little bit. It's like, oh, do I need another face? on my shirt like i have so many shirts with faces or someone drawn. I, think it's, I think it's, i mean i think a face on a shirt is a very striking and dramatic composition so that's why people are drawn to it because they're like oh it's gonna draw attention to myself yeah and like you know, that's why people buy well some people are drawn to certain clothing because it's a statement piece and like that's a that's an easy way to make a statement is to wear a shirt with a giant old man's face on it like the uh the old uh metallica unforgiven shirt Great shirt. Yeah. Do you have that shirt? No, I I, ha I think I actually just sold the only, no, no, I have a, another one, but I just sold the only Metallica shirt that I, that I had. Do you collect shirts otherwise, or is it, is your focus only on comic book t-shirts? No, no, I collect shirts. Otherwise I, I, I collect a lot of band tees, which are a lot easier to get for decent prices now, especially more niche yeah. stuff, even though it's harder to track down, but like there's, that's not where the attention is currently. Were, would you ever be caught dead with a Target Marvel Comics t-shirt? Like the Infinity War or anything like that? Why? Never. <laughs> Why? For, for one, I, I, for, I don't want to sound pompous or anything like that, but it's like, it just feels like it's not the same thing. I, A, the, print, the, the printing is completely different. And like, that's one thing that draws me to it. Now I get it. I, I have experience. So it's inside baseball for me to see how, um, screen printing is done and how the color steps pop and to most people they don't notice the difference but I do uh -huh. um, I, so I'm not I, I, I see that immediately I can't stand the uh, fake vintage wear like mm -hmm. I can spot when something's not really vintage like immediately and I, I can't stand it I can spot it on someone else I can spot it on a shirt it just it just bothers me um, I don't think the they don't fit the same. Like modern shirts, whether they're meant to look vintage or not, they don't fit the same. They're, they, contemporary shirts don't use the same quality of cotton. They're not cut exactly the same. It's just different. And it's like, you know, part of the thing is we wear what we wear, not just because we like what's on it. We wear what we wear because we like the way we feel in it because of how it makes us look. And so mm -hmm. like how the cut of something is. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Do you get props from dudes who are in the target distressed x-men shirt i've never gotten that um at all or at least not that i can recall doing it uh, or re remember it uh maybe i haven't i just didn't, didn't don't remember it um i do distinctly remember that there was a point in time when i was collecting it before it blew up um i would occasionally wear one out and i'd always ask my wife like i don't look like do you think it look like a comic book dork who one of those in one of these shirts or does it or is it distinct that like this is a di very different lane and like you know her answer was like no it's you, you could tell the difference i don't know if she was just placating me or not but i remember this always running in the back of my head to be like i just wanted to be clear that this like like i'm not like it doesn't look like i went to target or wherever there's or even going to a comic book store now and getting a contemporary shirt that this was clearly a more curated selection of what, you're what this type thought. of nerd not this type of nerd right right i wanted to be a very particular type of nerd and not this type of nerd <laughs> no i totally get it so have you ever been has anyone i guess has anyone ever approached you in the same way that people will 
I don't even know if this happens anymore, but people will approach per a person wearing a band t-shirt to kind of um, call out their street cred or, or um, see if they're a poser or not. Do you find anybody who comes up to you and asks you if you read Bishop? Uh, not like mm -hmm. Bishop has, a, has his own series, but do you, you know, whatever, Dare, Daredevil, whatever you're wearing, do you have people asking you if you read those comics? No one's ever tried to check my cred on any of those. I'm not, I'm not, a, I'm not afraid of that if that does happen because yeah. I, I can clearly back it up. Um, I told you the more, most recent one was at like the fancy liquor store that I went to where the guy uh, at the counter struck up a conversation with me. I forget which shirt I was wearing. And then we got to talking about, he, you know, he told me that the Max, you know, was one of his favorite books. And the oh, right. yeah. reading the Max and I was just like, oh, All right. All right. would you wear a Max t-shirt? I have, I had, I've had two Max t-shirts. Um, I still have one. I had one with like the classic cover from number one, which yeah. never fit exactly the way I wanted to. I think also the print was a little off center and that drives me crazy. And a lot of those are, a lot of those like old. A lot of them are, but this one in particular, even if they are, this one you could notice it because it had a frame around it. So once it has a frame around it, you can kind of tell when something's off center. And uh -huh. like, I, I just picked up it, it drove me crazy. I have one left that's like a, it must have been a one shot where they did Max versus Pitt. So I have I have that one left. I, I don't think I've worn that shirt in years. But um, even though now that we've reread the book and <laughs> it was awful, I would still wear a Max t-shirt because it rep you know it, it's more than the book. It represents a particular um, time in my life and nostalgia around it. And um, I also love Sam Keith. I think he's an incredible artist. Great so. artist and good for a t-shirt. Yeah, yeah. And so I, I would wear it for that sense. Um, and even the book was so bad going back to it, realizing it was so bad. It's almost fun to wear it because of how, it's just like a talking point. And someone brings it up and being like, I bet you probably don't realize how, ter how terrible. terrible this book is. <laughs> for, for people listening, it's um, we went through Mike and I are in a comic book club with a bunch of other homies and um we just reread the max as adults and it to put it mildly it didn't really hold up for us but we love sam keith that's kind of what got us in there yeah um and i have a couple of other sam keith shirts and i've had some that have come come and gone uh for various uh, uh points in my collecting but like you know he's always been a very uh, like a, a major favorite artist of mine and there's there's one Sam Keith Wolverine shirt that I would absolutely kill to get but it would just be ridiculous um, have you seen it have you yeah, seen yeah it? I've seen it a few times it's a white shirt and white shirts are usually my favorite because the colors pop more on them and huh? the print doesn't crack and fade and in some shirts like this one this particular black shirt faded beautifully the way it cracked it and whatever but some shirts yeah. you get like these these hard breaks and it just doesn't look that good. Yeah. So I tend to steer, try to steer clear of black shirts. Will you send me pictures of that? Cause part of this, I'm gonna, uh, I, I'm gonna have an Instagram um, of certain pieces of people, people's collection that I talk to. So will you send me like a pic of that and you could be wearing it or, or whatever. Can you just send oh, me pictures, pictures of some of the shirts you're doing? Now. Yeah, yeah, I guess I need a picture of that. Great. Uh, but this, the Sam Keith shirt that I'm talking about in particular, I have one that's on black that also magically developed a good fade on it but the one i'm talking about in particular is a, it was a white shirt it's a picture of wolverine kind of like with the, with his foot forward stepping forward with with uh his claws out but the thing that really draw me to it it's a it's a big print and it's one of his marvel comics presents covers where wolverine's costume is all torn up and you and i don't know if you remember the way sam keith would draw costumes when they're torn up and they would have all like tattered 
Yeah, like the, but they would be draped all over him and they would be yeah. um, turned into these beautiful spirals. It was just like, you know, it, it's like to me as like a kid when I would try to redraw it, like I would always like gravitate to like redrawing like the way he would, he would draw messed up uniforms. And, and that, that is something that I absolutely also am drawn to in comic book tees is if it's a shirt of a character where they're battle damaged or their uniform uh-huh. is just worn the fuck up. Like one of my favorite tees that I eventually had to replace because it got so worn that it got a hole in the collar that made it unwearable for me was the, I think it's the cover to McFarlane Spider-Man four or five. I forget which one. It's the one where, where Spider-Man's coming out where, where he gets, um, when the building collapsed over him. The building collapses over him. Yeah, he's coming that's out, cool. All torn up, and it, it's got his, yes. his mouth, part of his mouth torn up. I used to draw that cover as a redraw it all the time. Very and, striking. Yeah, and the way the McFarland draws like the tufts of hair coming through the holes that are created, it was just yeah. like I it was just is burned in my mind. So it's like I had to have this T-shirt, and when that one fell apart, I had to track down another one of it. Is that like um, a variant type of thing that uh, a variant? Um, uh, aesthetic that you you would rather have than like the normal image that is just maybe like a cover of something or like the standard uh, appearance of a hero. Well, just, like, this is the cover of something. I don't think I'm drawn to a variant of something. I think it's just if I'm just drawn to the how how the particular image looks and how striking it is. I think if there was one thing that I would definitely niche within a niche that I would collect, it would be shirts with more, with characters with their uniforms torn up. But <laughs> I don't think that there's all that many of those out there yeah. in existence. So it would be a difficult, uh, I think it would be a, a difficult collection to complete, um, but it would be an easy one in terms of how, how many different things I have to find to complete it. Right. Now, did you ever consider that you were collecting or were you just buying to, these to wear? No, I was definitely collecting. You, 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 you consider it a collect from the from the jump. You were like, "This is what I, this is like." I, I want to amass a bunch of these. I don't know if I wanted to amass a bunch of these, or eventually just that that's what started happening. But anything that you're buying that is no longer readily available, where you can just walk into a store and get it, like say sneakers, uh-huh. that you have to track down via a site like eBay. Yeah, and you're getting more than one of it, you, you're collecting it. Right. Is there anything you're looking for now? I have a wish list, but I've never, I haven't, you know, like I'd love to get some Dale Keough and Hulks, mm-hmm. but again, Marvel shirts are ridiculously expensive. So I don't think I'll be able to get it unless I'm going to trade for it. And then I'd have, you know, it'd be like trading an infinity stone for an infinity stone. I'd have to be giving up something else that I value a lot to get this yeah. shirt. And I have to make that decision. I've Let's, done hear that. Your wish list. Let's hear your wish list just for, for shits and giggles. God, I, Adam, I, I seriously, I, I'd have to like pull it up. Like the, the first thing that jumps off to, to my head is, or the first two things is like, there's a Dale Keough and Hulk cover that is, um, uh, I, th- I forget, I forget if it, it has both green and gray Hulk on it. He's like kind of tearing the head apart or in like ba- a banner is in there somewhere. And I, I forget which Hulk number issue it is, but that was, that's a big one on my list. There is a, um, Age of Apocalypse shirt that has Apocalypse on it with uh, in, like up here, like in like like his big head that's drawn by um, Joe Maggiera. And it also has a back print, which is rare. And the back print is just the old, it's the Age of Apocalypse logo, which is so late 90s comic. It's it's incredible. Um, that's, that's one that I would love to get. Um, God, I'm trying to think. 
Um, there's, there's probably also ones I've never seen before that, that, that I'm sure I've never seen before. Like you have to go through the old previews, diamond previews catalogs to see what they were soliciting. And I'm not even sure if all those shirts that they were soliciting ever got made necessarily because yeah. that's the way solicitations work. If there's not enough orders for them, you don't necessarily print them. I've so, seen, um, I, I've been flipping through some of my old comics and you see those solicitations and some of the shirts that they have, I mean, boy, those would probably go for Buku right now. Yeah, but I also never know if they got made until you actually see one out in the right. wild. It's like yeah. difficult to see. So sometimes like the collectors will post it. Like I'm looking for this one. And I'm like, I've never seen that one. I'm not 100% certain that it ever got made, but yeah. maybe it did. And I just didn't see it because like, you know, these things were not sold to stores. They're only sold to comic books. You had to mail in and hope that it, you had to send a, a checker money order and then hope it arrived, yeah. right? Those are different. Those are the ones that they had in the back of the comic books. Like the diamond previews ones were like, I think you could right, buy them. Those were comic book shops were ordering them to, to stock as inventory wholesale yeah. wise. What's the furthest that you're going to go these days to get one? Or are you just trading? Just trading. I mean, the only shirts that I'm buying at these at this point are like indie comic shirts, which you can get fairly at pretty good prices because I think a, young, a lot of the young collectors, they're, they're not read, they don't know these books or they're not reading them. So they're not in that high in demand and like mm -hmm. i you know i i like those books they're affordable can keep uh, collecting the hobby keep me in the hobby by just giving me a different lane i'm sure eventually that will, yeah. <laughs> that will get ruined in some sense yeah but stuff like that but also the problem is with a lot of the indie books that i want to collect they're printed on uh stedman haynes shirts uh and uh, the problem is that some of the Stedman Haynes shirts fit nice but some of them don't they're a little too short so you never know exactly what you're getting like say I have I have a Gru shirt that fits exactly like how I want it to fit but then I also have a concrete shirt that I like a lot but I think it's a little too short mm -hmm. now do you are you going to keep it or are you going to trade it uh, I don't know. Right now it's like in a storage bin I'll have to decide for it and I actually don't remember if it's too short I, I may need to you know dust it out and decide and put it on and see how it is. Um, but I definitely, like, for example, I have a, a particular Grendel shirt that I absolutely love that looks like a, the, the way the colors are on it and the way the composition of it and just Grendel in general in this shirt, it looks like a, it looks like a late eighties German metal, a thrash metal. <laughs> but yes. it, it definitely, I think is a little too short, but like, I'm, I, 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 I've had this shirt a, a few times in my, in my life. I have trouble getting rid of it just because like the graphic and the way the colors were printed on it are so striking. Yeah. Um, does your wife Kate wear any of these that are too short for you? Um, I definitely buy vintage shirts and I give it to her. She has no interest in wearing comic book shirts. I've definitely seen shirts that are size small that she could wear that I wanted to get that I couldn't get for myself. Like I remember a particular McFarlane Hulk. Yeah. I think it's the one where the cover where he's like squeezing the Hulk text in and, and it's like yes. rumbling. Yeah, and a red shirt. And I'm like, I'm gonna get it for her. She's gonna wear it. She doesn't give a fuck about the Hulk. So <laughs> if I get vintage shirts for her uh, that I can't wear myself, or that I see in a, in a size small, they're usually band tees, not not right. necessarily comic tees. Maybe maybe occasionally a movie tee. I, I don't remember if I've ever gotten her a comic shirt. I think once a seller had an '80s Swamp Thing shirt, and I know she would wear a Swamp Thing shirt because she likes this one. She read that and she loved that book. Yeah. Um, and this is, I think, not from the comic book. I think it was more when the movie was coming. The movie, movie I, I saw the movie as a kid. I wouldn't be. They, but they, were, they were repurposing the comic book art for oh. it. And I think at the time, the seller wanted like 80 bucks for it, which is still a lot for a yeah. lower tier 
comic character in the terms of what people are collecting yeah. for size small like i you know size smalls are diff are difficult to sell because so few people can fit in them unless you're a girl and i don't think a lot of girls are hunting out comic book nerdy 80s comic book tees not that there aren't girls into comics i just i was don't. gonna ask this have you seen any females in vintage comic tees um or, or not, dealt with them online not 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 personally you know i you know the community as far as i can tell is mo mostly male i mean there's definitely women into vin into vintage and there's a lot of women into vintage i just don't know if it's if they're into comic book tees per se yeah um, and they're definitely in, they might be into band tees i definitely see see that crossover but again the sizing is so different i'm not looking for size small tees so i don't interact with them that much right. you know i usually sure. I, 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 you know, there's a, there's a point in time where I would buy something in a size large and just kind of deal with it. But like at this point, like it has to be an XL because I don't know how it's going to fit when it comes in because measurements are so weird. Uh -huh. And, you know, when you wash something, depending on how it shrinks up and it'll keep shrinking up over time, it's just, it doesn't make any sense to buy anything unless it's an XL, even if it shows up and, and I find it a little too big. Yeah. Th and this is a cool space because, um, it's one of the rare things that you can collect and you can actually use. And it, it's, it's almost cooler, the older and more worn out that it is. I love band tees when they're worn out. That's definitely yeah. something I, I, I absolutely love. Um, I don't like it as much as comic tees, even though I'm wearing this one right now that's very worn out. Huh? I, there is someone who, um, who is another very old head collector who, like, who I think uh, only a few years ago realized that there was a community and he was kind of collecting privately. And then suddenly he, he, he kind of showed up on Instagram, like, holy shit, I didn't realize there were other people collecting. That's great. He, he's very much into um, um, worn out, really destroyed shirts with like holes and, and like stuff. And like, he, he just like absolutely like loves them. And I understand why he loves them, but for whatever reason, I don't like them in the comic book tees. And I think it's because I have, for me, a worn out band tee has like some sort of feeling of like this weight of the band, but in a comic tee, it's like, I'm, I'm collecting it because I love the artist. So I want his work to kind of shine and I want those colors to pop more because that's what, that's what I'm drawn to it. Um, and but he, he, he obviously collects it for a different reason. And I've definitely traded with him where I've had shirts that I absolutely love that are difficult to find, but that they've been worn to death. And he's had other shirts that either he, that are, he either has multiples of, or he, or in a different, you know, in an XL and he has a large and he can fit into different sizes where um, he'd rather uh, have the more worn out shirt. Sometimes I've traded him one for yeah. one. Here's the worn out version for the one that you have that's either dead stock or barely worn because he would rather have the the worn out version of it. And um, I've definitely traded with him a bunch. He, he definitely, he, he traded me something very recently that I I didn't even know existed until he showed it to me that I, I had to have because it was one of the first books that I bought with my own money from the newsstand uh -huh. as a kid. It was the, it was, a, it was a talking tops, not a comic image. And just to do the differential, there were two companies selling shirts to um, comic book stores in the uh, late eighties and, and early nineties. There was comic images and they were talking tops they were both from Jersey, not that far from each other. I don't know if they were related in any way. I'm not, I, I never asked Alan of that or, or if I did, I think he said that they weren't. And I don't know how Marvel allowed both of them to hold the license at the same time, uh, but they were both out there. Talking Top seems to have stopped making Marvel shirts around 90 or maybe 91, but there was definitely overlap in the late eighties between the two. And 
the print style and, and the, the, what they were doing, they, they put out different shirts. And even if they, I think there's a few instances where they have the same graphic on a shirt as the other one, but they would treat it differently a little bit. So you could tell the difference. Like I know that there's like a, one of them put out a silver shirt, particular silver surfer shirt with certain artwork on a black shirt with uh, you know, kind of with the space effects on it in black. And he's kind of just floating there while there, I think is a, a a talking tops or comics images version of it on a white shirt with surfer coming out of like an inverted triangle that's containing the space and like it, it, has, the it has the logo and things like that and the other one doesn't i'm going for the inverted triangle I, I, I do like that one more mainly because it's a white shirt but there, there's some instances of that but there's two companies that were kind of mainly dealing with selling shirts to comic book stores that i'm mostly looking for most of them are comic images but there's a few talking top shirts uh Talking Tops did a lot of like cover repro uh, right. shirts and things like that. They're they're also they also were a screen printer. I I did my research to find out that yeah. they were an actual um, screen printer that printed stuff for other people. But this they also would take in licenses and then print shirts and sell them. Their biggest claim to fame is that eventually I think after the comic book thing is uh, do you remember those shirts that were like um, Datasaurus? Of course, or, uh, or Chefosaurus. Do you remember like those shirts where they have the picture of the, the cartoon image of the dinosaur and the, the description of what it was? They created those. That's their you own. Find those like at the mall novelty shop. Yeah, yeah. That was their their own IP, and that was huge for them. And wow. I think if they, when they did that, they didn't were like, well, we don't need to pay Marvel for licensing right. their shirts when these things are fucking blowing up, and we're probably printing hundreds of thousands of them, and yeah. we're also the printer, so we're controlling what it costs us to make them. Um, Why do you think these companies don't come back? I, I don't I don't remember I remember when in Mishka and, and I remember for our 10th anniversary I, I wanted to what I wanted to do is like the big thing that we did for a 10th anniversary that I wanted to do an X-Men capsule because you know the X like that's what I oh, want right. for 10th anniversary that's that that would be my dream come true um, and we reached out and Marvel was like yeah if you want to do it we can do it but their minimum there uh, there's there was a um Oh my God, I, I forgot what the term is called now. Um, they would do the license and they and they, they had a high percent license that you would give to them, which was fine. But I think that the uh, the issue was is that they, there was a guaranteed minimum. It didn't matter what we sold. They were guaranteed to, we had to guarantee that we would give them, I don't remember what it was, if it was $5,000 or $20,000, but whatever it was, the guarantee that we'd have to give to them, we weren't sure that we could make that from what we were selling to yeah. then be on the hook for, that it was just too much of a burden to um, take on. Um, I also didn't realize that when this was happening, had we done this, they were also doing a deal with Stussy at the exact same time. And this would have come out at the same time as Stussy's. So it wouldn't have been as unique, even though it would have been a bit different because clearly I only wanted to do X-Men because of the X. What did Stussy do? I forget. They took a lot of like, just like kind of generic, like some stuff was Kirby, some stuff was Romita, some stuff was 90s kind of like poses of like, you know, of, of the of iconic characters. I think there was a Black Panther, there was a Doc Ock one. And then they would like, you know, put the Susi logo with them, which I wouldn't have done because I didn't, I didn't, I, 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 it looked weird to me. Like, you know, I remember there's like a Doc Ock one where he's like, you know, he's punching forward and the Zoc thing is coming out and there's like a Stussy logo that he's breaking through off to the side or like something along those lines. Like, it was cool. It's a cool graphic, but I would just would never wear it. Yeah. What are some of the um, don'ts with comic book teachers that you see people doing? Do you see any trends of, like you mentioned how Wolverine isn't as desirable, but it was more for us. Like, do you see like um, any character that the kind of um, new school collector is into on a shirt? The biggest trend that I'm seeing is a bunch of, 
I think some of them are the collectors and some of them are just people kind of being um, looking at what's going on and trying to uh, be advantageous is there's a lot of people making contemporary bootlegs. They're, they're not, they're not reprinting stuff that's existed. They're making their own versions to look like the comic images and talking top shirts. Um, a lot of them are very well done. They're, you know, especially I've watched them progress over time where they started where it's kind of like, oh, you're not getting the color separations right. So now I'm like, oh, you've gotten the color separate. You're, you're, you found someone who could properly do it or you figured out how these need to be done. Um, and they're putting the shirts out that way and, and they look very good. Again, I'm not drawn to them because to me, like I, I want the artifact from my youth, not, not something that's referencing my youth. So yeah. like, I, I don't, you know, if someone gifted one to me, I'd, I'd hold on to it, but it just wouldn't have the same draw, draw to me. But I definitely see some cool ones. Like I've, I saw someone do a, a, a great Mystique one recently. And I was like that, that like if, cool. that one, if that one existed, Mystique is definitely a character where if she pops up, people get crazed over because she doesn't pop up all that often. Yeah, There's like a few shirts that are solo shirts with her. Yeah. Any female character actually gets uh gets the uh community um excited again there's there's less there's less solo shirts with the female characters uh when the when we're able to go back out and when comic book conventions pop up again do you think we're gonna see some of these vintage comic book shirt dealers having booths at the comic book convention no because that's not their market the people going to the comic book conventions they're not like they're not going to pay these yeah. prices for these shirts to them to, to a comic book nerd who's kind of there to buying action figures or video games or comic books. Like they're going to go, you know, they're going to go to the booth of uh, what's that company that kind of uh, is a junk food who usually has a booth at these comic book conventions, you know, and they sell like shirts that look, you know, like with the nineties yeah. and things like that, that are pre-born. They're going to go get one of those. They're not going to be like, why would I pay 200, 500, $2,000 for this shirt from the 90s and I can go to, go to this junk food booth and buy one for 30 bucks. They, they probably would complain if the shirt is 30 bucks. Like, you know, seen yeah, right. that, like, you know, $30, t-shirt should be like 15 or $20. Yeah. Or they can go to Target or Walmart and who probably has a license the same way they do with ACDC shirts and things like that, that they probably yeah. sell for $12. Yeah. Do you, would you ever buy or do you ever buy like the new um, shirts because thinking down the road 20 years that they're going to be vintage? Have you thought like that yet? Or, or is it just I've the never, design I've is definitely, I've definitely had that thought, um, but it would have to be something that um, I, I'm drawn to as a book that I, I passion, that I feel passionate about. It would have to be, you know, I hate, I don't like comic shirts that are printed with uh, um, in, in processed colors where there's like the heavy gradients and things like that, where they try to reproduce what the actual color is. Yes. I like separations that break apart colors into, into blocks or half tones to yeah. kind of recreate different colors. So like there's a particular process that I like. Um, and I, I don't see that many no, no. contemporary character shirts that I don't know. I'm also not looking. I have started, I think what I have done and I may continue to do, not that I have very many of them, is uh, shop shirts for comic book shops. Oh! But like I got a, I got a, I had my eye on one and he sells it for dirt cheap. I don't know why I didn't buy it. Oh, I remember why I didn't buy it is because the white one was sold out and the blue uh -huh. one is Desert Island, which is like the big or my favorite indie shop in, in Brooklyn or New York in general. And like, he had a great, great shop shirt. 
with a, with a camel. And I don't, I don't actually don't remember who, which artist he got to illustrate it. I should ask him next time I see him. Uh-huh. Beautiful shirt. And like, it was just like a white shirt with blue, one color blue print. Yeah. Just like a beautiful shirt. My friend actually has a comic book shop in Olympia, Washington called Danger Room Comics. And he solicits, he, he, he doesn't, I don't think solicits is the right term. He contracts um, uh, renowned artists for his shop shirts. He did a Mike Allred shirt that I have with Madman. And he just did his last one that he just gave to me was the artist who did my favorite thing is Monsters, that wonderful, um, she's a woman. Uh, let me see, what's her name? I have it right here on my bedside. What is her name? I like the Desert Island shirt because I like that when a comic book shop doesn't need to put the word comics in the name. It's like it's like an in the know thing. Like I know what this uh, is. Okay. When it says comics in it, it feels a little, it, it starts veering a little bit more into the nerdy territory. But that said, there is one particular shirt and I haven't seen it or, or I think they still reprint it, but I would like one from the 90s is Forbidden Planet had an incredible shop shirt. I think they still reprint it. They have this very- the old man, like he's like an old man. Yeah, yeah, like the different characters. They look like they're from an RPG team or something like that that they created. I love a vintage one of those. And they still reprint those, I'm pretty sure. They've used that art. But I remember those shirts from when I was, you know, a teenager and like, they're just, they're very striking and I would love an original one of them. And you know that something called Forbidden Planet, probably some sort of fucking nerdy shop. It doesn't need the word comics in it. Dude, I saw- someone wearing that shirt and i actually stopped them to comment on it that artwork was very striking fantastic you know who did that i feel like i did at one point i don't remember and i don't remember i part of me wants to think that it was brian boland i don't think it was um uh, but i'm I'm sure it's out there and i am positive i looked it up at one point so good i don't remember it my favorite thing is monsters emil ferris excuse me i'd love fanographic shirts if you can find some especially daniel Klaus ones like i have one ghost world shirt um i have another daniel Klaus shirt which is a, a shirt that he did for urge overkill but i also love urge overkill as a band in addition to loving daniel Klaus. yeah there you go you doubled up yeah uh, how came, much did you pay for those if you don't mind me asking how much were those how much are Klaus shirts uh, it depends. I think some some vendors probably charge a lot because they know who Daniel Klaus is and he carries his name. But I don't think there's a lot of demand for them. I didn't. Pay, I, I I don't think I exceeded. Maybe the Ghost Royals shirt was like sixty, maybe seventy dollars, and the Urge Overkill shirt was probably around the same. Again, they're not a band that people are. Like they're not a hyped vintage '90s band. I love them, and I I knew that this shirt existed because he did the uh, interior uh, album or the back cover art for a Supersonic Storybook. Um, and I knew I, I seen it before and I didn't get it because I think at that time it was an XL and I thought it would be too big. And I, I and it came in a, in a, in a, somebody was selling a lot of three urge overkill shirts for like 40 bucks at the time. And I didn't get it because that one was an XL, even though I wanted it. And then eventually had to pay way more for it to, to track down than what it would have been when I finally realized I probably should have gotten the, an XL because a large would have shrunk up and not fit after a few weeks, a few washes. Uh-huh. It wasn't crazily expensive because they're not a band people are checking for. And I don't even remember if the vendor knew that it was Daniel Klaus who drew it. But so like fanographic stuff, I'd love to find more shirts of uh, from, you know, their their books, particularly Daniel Klaus ones. Um, uh, oh, my God, his name just jumped out of my head. The guy who did hate. Uh, oh, Bag? Yeah, Peter Bag. I'd love to find some great Jeff Smith bone shirts. I've seen a few that are OK, but I've never seen like one that's like. You know, I'm like, oh my God, I have to have this shirt, especially one if it had the rat creatures on it from 
uh, when he was actually publishing the book and not a contemporary graffiti reprint of it. Um, that's something I occasionally look for. You don't see all that often. Uh, the concrete shirts, you know, Paul Chadwick stuff is beautiful. Um, I, I have two concrete shirts. I, you know, I would love to see if there's more than the two that I have out there. I have a feeling maybe they're not. Occasionally I try to find Dave Sim Cerebrus shirts because I love his art style, but I, but I sometimes feel like if I wear a David Sim shirt, if anybody knows who he actually is and his politics are, it's almost like wearing a MAGA hat. Oh, is it really? He's kind of great. He's very misogynistic. And I'm sure you can get that if you read through the entire series, but he's isn't definitely- Bisley too? Like, isn't Bisley kind of- um, I, I don't know what Bisley's thing outs? is. Dave Sim fe feels like he's kind of like a pre-incel incel, you know, and kind of like- <laughs> is, is uh, the way he thinks or approaches things. But I still love his art and I love the character and like, I love what he did for comics at the time. Oh, I would I would absolutely kill for a Mirage Studios from the era Ninja Turtle shirt that's a, either an Eastman or a Laird version Did of make those? Yes, those definitely existed. They used to sell them in the back of the comics wow. uh, or back of the issues. I would absolutely kill for one of those. I don't care if it's an Eastman or if it's in a Laird, I, I love both of their styles. That's amazing. Wow, those would be cool. I'm surprised yeah. they don't reprint those at Target. I've seen one recently that didn't go for that much, um, but it, the print on it and like the way the, the, the graphic was reproduced, it just didn't do anything for me. It was just like, I, 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 wouldn't, I wouldn't have worn it. Um, oh, I would also love an Usagi Ojimbo shirt. Yeah. Someone, someone recently put one up for sale. I asked, um, I asked him what he was looking for a he told me he couldn't he couldn't part with it for less than 500 bucks i'm like i'm, I'm not giving you 500 bucks for a usagi ojimbo shirt i have a feeling that like i'll probably come across one for a much much more reasonable price over the course of my collecting but then again he's not that obscure of a character people have an association with him because the ninja turtles who are collecting so maybe i'm wrong who's buying them for 500 are they going or do they sit? I, I don't know. I never asked him if he ended up selling them. He told me that he told me that the high offer, somebody offered him 400, whether they did or didn't, but that's what he, right. that's what he said. So someone clearly wanted to pay for it. And I, and I, I guess I've seen, uh, I've seen one go, go up on eBay where it went up and one of my alert went off and when I went to get it, just check it out. It already sold and it sold for, I think, 250 or 300 bucks. So yeah. clearly there's value. Do you know how like, uh the titanic vhs is like you'll the joke is that you, every flea market has a bunch of the titanic vhs's because they mass produce them are there any t-shirts that are from the vintage era that are the titanic of comic book tees or it's just they are always around i i don't think i could pinpoint to one shirt but definitely mcfarland spider-mans are not that high in demand because they made so many different ones of them like there yeah. were like you know comic images talking tops and marvel were Mm -hmm. you know pimping out McFarlane spider-man left and right so there's so much of that stuff so even when you see one and i've seen ones that i've never seen before people selling like you know when when certain comic tees are getting 1500 to five thousand dollars when you see one that you've never seen before and someone's someone's only asking for 200 to 300 dollars you could you could see that like his stuff isn't as in demand just because there's so much of it but yeah. there are other ones that are kind of like i i i have one that's his uh assassination plot cover where it's Spidey and Captain America. And that one would probably fetch a lot because you don't see a Todd McFarlane Captain America shirt all that no, often. That's a good cover too. Yeah. 
and it's a, such a strange looking Captain America. He's very cartoony, and yes. like broad, and but it, but it's great. It's yeah. it's it's both bad and, and incredible all at the same time. <laughs> um, what about Batman shirts? Those are around yeah. a lot from all the yeah. merch, right? Yeah, they don't go for that much. I mean, they, I think they've the prices of those have risen a bunch. I don't remember DC graffiti did the DC license for a while. You don't see that many, like, which is odd. Either, either a cache of them hasn't put out there, but I also don't remember them outside of like the logo shirt. There are very few DC shirts that are kind of driven by like a graphic. Yeah. Um, there's a, there's a cool Titan shirt where I, I think I actually got it once and then I resold it for a little bit more just because it was just too short. And I was like, I'm not going to wear this. Um, I have, I think I have a, joker shirt uh from i don't remember if it's pre-movie or post-movie but it used uh, a comic book comic book art that i liked a lot it's not that uncommon you see it come up often um and i have a lobo shirt that i like that's like the cover of the first issue do you remember go ahead no you don't see that many uh dc shirts you you think that you would just you know superman batman flash green lantern art but you don't or when you do they're kind of later in the era nothing that's striking or that grabs you i did buy a recent dc shirt that was something that i was looking for for a, a very long time to get i don't think anybody else cared about cared what about is, it what is uh, it it was, Star, it was Starman, which is one of my favorite books um but i just i wanted it because to me it was special because of that because of what it was but i don't think uh anybody wanted it and the dealer wanted a lot for it and i was like no one's good no one is interested i get it the comic book shirts are very hot and popular but like nobody nobody's gonna pay you this ridiculous price that you're asking for because a i'm the only person looking for a starman shirt and even even among actual comic fans who are collecting comic shirts no one's read starman (laughs) like they they haven't i know it was a popular vertigo book but in the in the grand scheme of popularity and vertigo it it wasn't even probably top 10 in popularity (laughs) and did the seller concede yeah, he eventually was just like, because I, I think after like a few months when he realized that nobody was sending him offers, he was just like, okay, you're clearly the only person interested in this. Nice. Nice work. The long game too. Oh, I did get a shirt that I, I, I didn't know. I didn't know if they existed, but I did get it recently for very, like, I, I think 20 or 30 bucks, but um, I got a, uh, a Vertigo promo shirt for Vertigo. That's cool. Even, the imprint, not 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 a particular yes. thing, and I wasn't sure if those existed, but suddenly one popped up, and I was just like, "It's like a black shirt with black print that says That's Vertigo, cool. and then it has like one of their taglines about you know I don't remember what the tagline is with red across across the Vertigo logo, and like I'm sure nobody else would have wanted or was looking for it, but I was like, I want a Vertigo logo shirt. I'm not even sure if they exist. That's super cool. Oh, definitely one that I would love to find, and I've never been able to find is a. Uh, what's his name, Alamore era Swamp Thing shirt. I don't know if those exist. Yeah. And a, uh, a Hellblazer Constantine shirt. I know that those exist, but the only ones I've seen with, um, uh, what's his name's art? Was it Azarello who, who did the cover art? Of Hellblazer? What, weren't they, were they paintings? Weren't they paintings? Yeah, they were paintings. But I tend to put preference to comic shirts that have the title of the comic with the illustration uh-huh. rather than ones that just have, the, have an image on them. There wasn't Dale Mc... Dave McKeon, who did the Hellblazer stuff? No, he did the Sandman covers. Right, I know that. He, he didn't do, so. He, I, I mean, uh, he may have done some, but like uh, Hellblazer as uh, Tim Bradstreet, that's who it was. Cool. Yeah, those covers are pretty cool. Brian Ezra is a writer. 
right? I think I may have just confused. He's the 100 Bullets guy, right? And Batman. Yeah, yeah, that's the writer. That's the writer. Maybe Brian Azzarello. I think he Azzarello eventually uh, wrote uh, uh, Hellblazer, maybe after Ennis or, or whoever yeah. was, was doing it for a while. But um, yeah, I, I'd love one of those, but I've never seen one with, I've seen one, there's only one I've ever seen and it doesn't have, it doesn't say Hellblazer on it. It just has the uh, thing, uh, just has like a, a, a cover painting. Oh, you know what? I'm looking at it now and it does look like, from what I can tell, it looks like uh, McKean did do some Hellblazer covers. I think yes, he did. The, I was right. Yes. I think he just covered a number one. <laughs> that, oh. that actually, I think he did the cover to, to the first one. Those actually would make incredible shirts. Yeah. They're, they're in the same vein of the old uh, Sandman. You, you know, see Sandman t-shirts out there, right? You, I see, I've, seen yeah, some I've, never, I've never seen a Sandman. I have one Sandman t-shirt and I think I think it's from like the very early 2000s and it's yeah. cool. I've never seen, I love Sandman. I've Sam Keith too. He did the first, yeah. is it the first run or the first issue or whatever, yeah. I've never seen one where I'm like, this is an incredible Sandman shirt. And it's like weird as like, I don't understand how, I don't know what was right. going on with DC to like, or whatever license. Like, why can't you come up with a great Sandman shirt? It's like, yeah. there's so many striking graphics from Sandman yeah. that you, you couldn't make a great shirt. Uh, and they just never did. Maybe, maybe they exist and I just never seen them, but I feel like I've seen the same 10 or so cycle through over and over again and they're yeah. just not they're not striking they yeah. don't capture they don't capture what's so incredible about the, the the book yeah you could probably just take straight pages and just put them on a t-shirt and it'd be awesome you could just take some of the covers and i just i don't get what i don't get what they were doing i i feel like they i think i feel like they were trying to cater the shirts to uh, to almost to people who are into tori amos right like that that, that isn't probably where you should be going and I'm just I'm just saying that just knowing that that Gaiman was friends and uh, with Amos and he modeled Delirium after Amos and, and oh I didn't know that yeah oh I didn't know that that's who Delirium was modeled after uh huh that makes sense well if you see Mike Bortnick on the street give him props on his T-shirt because he deserves it all, all right, right man thanks so much. Mm -hmm.